Welcome to episode 16 of the Colton and Joe Show. Yes. We are I'm not sure the right number. I don't, I honestly remember, like, up to 10, but since episode 10, I can't remember what episode we're on, so. Me neither. I think, I think this might be 16, or maybe it is 15. I don't know. Yeah. But I cannot any longer. We must discuss the Cam Newton signing. We Cam must. Newton to the Patriots. How do you how do you feel about this? How do you feel about it? I feel good. Uh, we got Cam Newton to the Patriots. One year deal worth about seven and a half million dollars. Um, it was surprising. I feel bad for Jared Stidham. <laughs> uh, it was. I don't know. They, they, they for one, they're not an organization that would seem to fit around Cam Newton. You know, he's he's got a big personality, as we all know, but obviously Bill Belichick will find a way to make it work. I was surprised just based on the confidence that they seem to have in Jared Siddham. But when they went outside Cam, he was he will almost certainly be the week one starter. Um, he's, he seems to be a big upgrade over Jared Siddham, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know. It'll, it'll be nice to just have a, a proficient quarterback in that offense. Not saying Jared Siddham would be terrible, but we just don't know. Um, yeah, I don't really. I'm. I don't know what this is going to do to their like. Um, like, are they like a playoff contention team now, or I, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't think. So. I wouldn't I think if, if we were making the records prediction, but they had Cam. I'd probably would give them like two or three more wins. They still have no offensive weapons. They have a solid offensive line, yeah. and they've got like a pretty good running back core. But they have like no receivers whatsoever. I had him at six and ten. I'd probably put him higher than six and ten. I might be yeah. eight and eight. I I might have had him at like five and eleven. I, I can't remember. Cam, they don't have any like down the field targets, and Cam's always been a guy that likes to target the the little speedy guys down the field. And Julian Edelman is not that. Nikhil Harry is not that. Marlon Sanu is not that. So yeah, I I don't know how he's gonna do. I'm sure. Obviously, it'll be proficient. It'll be nice to see him back in the league. And I, for one, hope that Cam Noon can continue to have a good career and, and keep going after this, probably to another team. But we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I always like Cam. He's a cool, yeah, he's a cool guy. He's a fun play style. Um, it'll be see. It'll be very interesting to see what uh, Bill Belichick decides to do with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... I do agree with that. That would be it's going to be interesting to see Cam Newton and Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick offense. But speaking of Josh McDaniels, um, the next thing it's not too big, but reportedly Jacoby Brissett. It's it's not speaking of Josh McDaniels, I guess technically, but it will be later in the story. But um, Jacoby Brissett reportedly did not want to get drafted to the New England Patriots. He, he got drafted there in the third round. He released on the pod, the McCordy Twins podcast. I'm not sure what it's called. But he told the story. He met with a bunch of teams. He said if any team drafts him, he just hopes that it's not New England. They ended up drafting him. He thought they were like a military-style team. Um, didn't want to go there. And Josh McDaniels ended up calling him on draft day. And Josh McDaniels was not even saved in Brissett's phone. And he said he was like, the only team representative that he did not have saved in his phone was Josh McDaniels. It was the team he got drafted to, but you know, he said after he got there, it wasn't bad. It was not the military-style team that he thought it was, but it was just 
funny story of how New England is perceived by the young guys. So um, I heard a, I might have been listening to some podcast or like watching a YouTube video or something. And I heard the story like um, Jacoby Brissett was like freezing. He was like a rookie and he was in New England and he was like really cold after practice and he was sitting in the quarterback room and he like turned up the, the thermostat and Tom Brady walked in and was like, I've been here for 14 years and I've never touched that thermostat and you've been here for two weeks and you've already touched it. <laughs> that's funny. That would not be a good time. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good time. When you, you mess with the thermostat, you kind of hope nobody else walks in. But I don't know. I guess it didn't happen. But we got Johnny Manziel, former Browns quarterback, says that his football career is probably in the past, quote. So... I I kind of expected it, I guess, after he got... Did he get banned from the CFL? I believe the he CFL. did. Yeah, like, I don't, to be honest. I, know, I, I think he did, but... I don't know how that happened. He played with the AAF, and he played with the... I think he was on an XFL team, but he was never really that good. Um, yeah. I, I kind of figured he would be done, but... Yeah, it's just interesting to see him say that officially, I guess, but... Yeah. Lastly, Aaron Jones, Green Bay Packers running back, says that the drafting of A.J. Dillon in the second round by his team will make him play better, is what he said. He said it's going to give him some motivation. Um, he says he understands you know, running backs is a position you want to draft every year. Understands bringing in the competition, but he thinks it's going to make him play a little better. Um, I don't know. I think maybe he'll play better, but like the, the stats I – I kind of see going down because they're very similar players and more power runners than than finesse guys. And AJ Dillon, you could definitely see him getting a lot of red zone carries, is what I'll say. And that is where Aaron Jones kind of makes his money. So I, I don't know about the production there. That just like brings us back to like what in the world were the like the um the Packers thinking when they were doing their draft? Like why they draft the running back so high? It's just weird. It's not even just like they drafted the running back. It's like he's not even like he wasn't like a second round prospect. <laughs> he was like most things had him like eighth, ninth, tenth rated running back, probably around there. And that's not a second round talent, especially when there's still guys like Cam Akers and Zach Moss on the board. I don't know when exactly they drafted him in the second round. I know he was not drafted before Jonathan Taylor, but I don't think he was drafted before DeAndre Swift. Maybe before J.K. Dobbins. I don't know where he was drafted, but either way, they were still better ranked running backs on the board. He was not projected to be a second-round pick. They they could have got a solid receiver out of the draft in a deep receiver class like this, but they, they didn't take the swing, so that's much to Aaron Rodgers' dismay. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, they were just weird. It was just a weird draft for the Packers. Maybe yeah, they know something. I did not like the draft. I love Jordan Love, as I've said before, but everything other than the Jordan Love pick, I hate. And I don't love the Jordan Love pick for the Packers. I just like that somebody took Jordan Love in the first round. So that's, yeah. that's the only reason I really like that pick. I'm not going to lie to you. But um, continuing today with our rankings of the top 10 players at each position. We are finally moving on to the defense. Defensive side of the ball, we got the defensive linemen today. We're just combining defensive tackles and defensive ends into one. So 
as we Joe and I talked a little bit before the episode and our list are going to be very different. Um, we've come to that conclusion. Seriously, this was a tough list for me to make. And there are three guys that are my honorable mentions. And they were, they all made my list at one point or another before some, some restructuring. So, um, it was very tough to leave him off, but you know, you, you know how the game goes. So Joe, get it kick it off with your honorable mentions all right yeah i must admit um there's a lot there's a lot of good defensive linemen we, i was texting about this there's like so many good defensive linemen in the nfl right now yes. it was a lot to like, sort through them all and figure out which ones i really want to be in my top 10 so there's a lot of honorable mentions right here cam hayward was definitely the hardest to leave off as a, a Steeler fan i think he's he's underrated but it'd probably be 11 I think I, I feel like if we're gonna make this list, we should have made top fifteen. Um, it would yeah, have made the toughest one to make a top ten list for. But yeah, that was Cam Hayward, Damon Harrison, D. Ford, Frank Clark, Daniel Hunter, and Demarcus Lawrence in uh, no particular order except Cam Hayward at the beginning. So, <laughs> all right. Well, well, I only have three honorable mentions. Like I said, they all three made the list at some point. The first one, Calais Campbell of the Baltimore Ravens. Um, He's an all-decade player, but the stats took a took a decline this year. Only seven and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. I love his versatility. One of those guys that can rush the passer consistently from defensive tackle or defensive end. He's a big boy. Tough to leave him off. Number two is Joey Bosa, which is another guy that was very tough to keep off. But it was injuries. I think if if we're going off talent, he's he's definitely on the list. But he was injured. He's been injured for a lot during his career. I'm, I'll say that. I don't know the exact number of games he's missed, but a lot. And lastly, DeForest Buckner of the Indianapolis Colts did not make the list. He made the list before, but I don't know, the stats just did not back him up as much as anyone else. You could definitely see him take a big step forward now this season with Indianapolis, though. But as my honorable mention, it's all three tough. This is, yeah, this is going to be a very interesting list. There was already a couple. Um, DeForest Buckner isn't on my list, but... Uh... He's a good player too. I'll, I must admit, I kind of, I kind of thought of him as a linebacker for some reason. I guess, I guess I see your point. He's probably more of a, of a, a defensive lineman. I think, yeah, I think he's a defensive tackle. Oh shoot! All right. Well, sometimes I just have brain parts like that. You know, I've made so many mistakes on these lists already. That's just he. He probably would have been a, an honorable mention. He definitely would have been on my top ten. But um, we're, we're my number ten. Here. We're not professional. Yeah, if you listen to the offensive line list, you can tell that I am no professional. <laughs> I I the title it was like top ten offensive linemen and Joe goes insane or something like that. <laughs> but um, let's get to my top ten. We were talking about this off air. This is something I think is going to be quite surprising, and it's Nidama Kansu. I always have problems saying Nidama Kansu. He, he's he's getting up there in age. I must admit, um. But he he's all he's like he's played for some good like legit defenses. He played for the obviously there's like his olden days. He played like for for like Detroit and stuff. But um, in the recent years he's played for the Rams, who that had a pretty good defense. And then he left, and their defense was kind of buns last year. Um, he played for the Buccaneers last year. Their defense got a lot better. I'm not saying it was all him. Shaquille Barrett played really well. Um, his sack numbers have not been the highest. But this is a term you're going to hear me say a lot. He is a disruptor, and you can tell when he's on the field. He'll get after the quarterback. He'll get his pressures, and um, he's a player I kind of I like 
even though he's a lot of like I don't not I don't know about him as a person, but he's a cool, he's a good player and he's a cool guy to watch. You'll notice him out on the field. Yes. So from talking to Joe earlier, I can't confirm you will hear the word disruptor a lot. Um, <laughs> but and Dominic and Sue is a guy I didn't give him much thought to be honest. Um, from what I know about Dominic and Sue, he's not the greatest locker room guy. Um, he's a guy that kind of does his own thing. He he goes out there, he gets he he just wants to go out there and get his pressure. He's he's not really concerned about anyone else on the field. In Miami, he kind of developed a, a slight reputation of being a bit dirty, but he definitely is a disruptor, if nothing else. And that defense should look to be a lot very improved this year. But my number 10 is a guy that Joe knows was actually an honorable mention, the toughest honorable mention to leave off. But at the last moment, I switched him up. If you asked me this list one year ago, he would be top three. It is the man, the myth, the legend, three-time defensive player of the year winner, J.J. Watt. This is gonna. This is the this I, is the beginning for our list. <laughs> yeah, our list will be very different. JJ made my tenth spot off of injuries, basically. Just about every year for the past three years, he's had a major, significant injury that held him out for over half of the season. And when he's been back, you can just you can see he's not the same player that he once was. He's not that defensive player of the year type of player anymore he he's still strong obviously don't get me wrong there but he does he just doesn't have the range of mobility with all the injuries he has to be able to use his full arsenal of of pass rushing moves anymore he's a great player i think if he can stay healthy you can definitely see him return to somewhat of his his prior form whatever that may look like but for, for this point in time he is my town spot um I must admit, I definitely put him a little bit, a little bit too high, and I think even I might think he's a little too high. But I think I have my reasoning for why I think JJ uh, Watt is where he is. You know where he's at. The listeners don't. But uh, my number nine is Calais Campbell. Um, he's a player. Oh, okay, I have to tell you, tell you this. Um, Nnamdi I was, I heard him on a podcast or something. He was talking about how he's like, he's like cleaned up his life since his days in Miami and stuff, and he's not as much of a dirty player or whatever. So. He's like yeah, cut I'm off the field. Him. He took out his like anger on the field or something. I... <laughs> he seemed pretty legit. I remember yeah, listening. Man. I was like, that's kind of deep. Um, Good so I can see he he might be like a rebel on the field and like not always listen to the like the defensive play and just go after the quarterback. But you know, when it comes to him as a person, I don't think he's making too many like dirty hits and like stomping on people's face anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, my number nine, yeah, Cleve Clay Campbell. He's um it was it wasn't Yannick and Guacque that that asked for a trade um so so yeah I wasn't gonna make that point but um Clay's Campbell's been good he has not been as good he was really good back in the day he has not been as good as recently for the Jaguars the sack numbers have gone way down um but he still gets his pressures um he's not as much of a as a disruptor as the other players on this list um but you know he's he's aging and so is is Kansu. So, um, so there are a lot of players in the list that are aging, but they're still very good. So I have to give him that that number nine spot. Yes, yes. Well, my number eight, or no, yeah, we're on my number nine now. My bad, my, my bad. So my number nine of the Atlanta Falcons, defensive tackle Grady Jarrett. He was pro football focus's number four rated interior defensive lineman this year. He's been an absolute stud on that Atlanta Falcons defensive line. 
racked up seven and a half sacks and two forced fumbles this year, which is pretty solid for an interior defensive lineman, as you can see. He'll be asked to to contain a lot more of the workload this season with the departure of Vic Beasley. And I don't know, I'm just going to, I look for him to, to be an improved player next season more than you, you could see him jump farther up than my number nine spot next year. But we don't really know his, his role in that defense 100% yet. So I guess we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, Grady Jarrett's a guy, you definitely do not hear enough about him. I know he exists. I'm like, uh, some, <clears throat> some players we were talking about before that I like, kind of forgot about there for a little bit. I know who Grady Jarrett is. He's a good player. Um, I had no, I did not know his PFF grade was so good, but um, maybe he should have made my list, but uh, that's in the past now. My number eight is Geno Atkins, a little bit of a short, pudgy guy. Um, he has a nice face of power. One of the top players technique-wise, as far as I can tell. He, he, has, his, he has had his games over the years against Pittsburgh. Um, even when the Steelers have like one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Um, I know I was uh, listening to Marshall Yonda on the Pat McAfee show, and he's talking about how Geno Atkins was the hardest defensive lineman to play against because of the fact that he's so short and he's so strong. It's hard to get like a point of leverage against him, and that's something like he's at, put in an advantage because you don't see those like shorter guys that are so strong mm-hmm. as much. So I, I like him, even though he's a bangle. Um, he was higher in the past um but he's always been kind of underrated from what i've heard and i think he's been a pro bowler a lot um which we that doesn't mean that much anymore but but back in the day it used to mean something <laughs> yeah it's it still means something just it's yeah not everything anymore but my, that's a solid selection my number eight is fletcher cox for the philadelphia eagles defensive tackle Joe's freaking oh. out. He he has him a lot higher. I can see <laughs> by by the facial expressions on the other end. But from a statistical standpoint, Fletcher Cox did not have a good season. Three forced fumbles, three and a half sacks. He he seemed to have regressed. But last year he did have ten and a half sacks. Last year he was a clear cut top five defensive lineman. He's big. He's strong. He just overpowers the offensive lineman. Still ranked as the number five interior defensive lineman pass rushing wise, but um, I, don't know, I just, I just, I just see him regret. He just regressed this year. Is is all I can really say. The numbers went down in in most categories, and pretty much everyone else on my list numbers went up. That are that are a little higher than Fletcher Cox. It was tough to put him at eight, but it had to be done. And that's quite interesting. Um... You are correct. He was quite a bit higher on the list for me. You'll see him in about like a lot of spots. Um, I was. I want to look up. Was he injured this year? I. I'm not sure. Uh, like two or three weeks, so not enough that I can make a point on that. But um, I don't keep. I don't keep up with any teams other than the Steelers when it comes to like injuries to players like that. I mean, there's like some players you just hear about because they're out for a long time. But um, mm-hmm. so I. Maybe he had some like ongoing injuries, like injuries through the year that like continue to put him through pain because he was so good a couple years ago, and that's that's a main that's a main big point for me. But um, we're on number seven now. This is someone that's a little bit high. He didn't make your honorable mentions. He's young. He is Nick Bosa. Um, he made a big impact on that that Niners defense this year. I know it wasn't all him, but he was a second overall pick. 
Um, it's pretty much happened for the, for a little while now. The second overall picks tend to be really good, um, like almost always the most pro ready. Um, and the first is always a quarterback that's like a project or, you know, I mean, sometimes they're pro ready, but a lot of times they're just project quarterbacks that, that might not see the field for a little bit or at least half the year. But um, that's a, I don't know. I've talked about like so much. Is it like it's always like the second pick is always a, or like a lot it's of times. Like a pass rusher. <laughs> it's like it's like a D like a D end a stud D end or like a a stud defensive tackle that like is going to do good the first year and is going to have an impact. And he They're certainly had the second overall pick. Always we we've talked about it before. They always it's always the best player in the draft. Yeah. Coming out like coming out of the draft, it's always the best because the number one is. A, the team that gets the number one pick is always the team that doesn't have a quarterback. So they, they draft the best quarterback and then number two pick is always the best available player is what they go by. So that, that that's where you see Nick Bosa was, was the best player coming out of the draft this year. Last last year, I'm sorry, Chase Young was the best player coming out this year. who also went number two, but my number seven was a guy that we talked about a little bit before, before we started is Kenny Clark of the Green Bay Packers. Statistically, he's he's not amazing. Um, six sacks, one forced fumble. He's number three ranked pass rushing interior defensive lineman. But when you look at the responsibilities that he gets on that Green Bay Packers defensive line, it is tremendous. He is basically asked to single-handedly cover the run. He, and it, it, that is not the best of run run-stuffing defenses. And he is the only thing holding it afloat to like near middle of the pack, because if he get, if the running back gets past Kenny Clark, it's they're breaking off for like twenty twenty five yards every time. He's basically single handedly asked to do that, and he's still a very consistent pass rusher at the interior defensive lineman spot. So just the versatility there is is what puts him at number seven for me. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, he was the player that I referenced. I like. Didn't really know he existed that much. Um, nor did I know he was that good. I do see um, that that's kind of like one of their big needs for the Packers defense is some sort of of defensive lineman. But I'm sure if he had some help, it would help him out a lot. I'm not sure if they addressed the defensive line. It was late in the draft, so you know it's it's rough for the, <laughs> the Packers this year. But um, they invested a lot of money in that defensive line with. Um, Zadarius Smith, I believe, and and someone else on the other side with last name Smith. So, I, it's kind of they were good pass rushers, but the run defense wasn't super good, as we saw the the Forty Nineers run all over them. But um, my number six is Nick Bosa's brother, Joey Bosa. Okay, yeah, okay. So, um, I like I like Joey Bosa. I always like Joey Bosa. He's got a cool name. Um, <laughs> um, but. But he, yeah, he's one of the most talented players in the NFL, and um, his. You're right. The injuries have really kind of derailed his career up to this point. But um, but for a large portion, you know, people are always talking about how he's like the defensive lineman of the future. I've heard that a lot, and I think I think he's going to do really good next year. There's a lot of players that have been overcoming injury problems. There was on that team that like even like you know Hunter Henry had a pretty steady year. I don't think he missed that many games and. And I can see Joey Bosa doing kind of the same thing this year. He's got a good defense around him now. With Chris Harris Jr. added to that that defensive backcourt, he'll have some more time to get after the quarterback. I really like Joey Bosa this year, and I really like the Chargers' defense as well. 
Yes, I, I do like this. I think he's extremely productive when he's able to stay on the field. But my number six goes to a guy on your honorable mentions of our very own Pittsburgh Steelers, Cameron Hayward. Um, nine sacks this year and one forced fumble as a defensive tackle. That is that is pretty stinking impressive to get almost hit double-digit sacks. He is one of the more versatile defensive linemen in the league as you see him play defensive tackle and defensive end both very regularly. Um, he was a defensive end for the majority of his career. Was asked to slide to defensive tackle and ended up performing maybe a little bit better than, than expected. Um, he's a guy that gets a lot of passes defended. He, he swats down passes very, very frequently, as you know from watching all those games. Um, he's, a, he's just another guy. He kind of does it all. He's a solid run stuffer. He's a solid open field tackler. He gets his hands in the passing lanes. He gets his hands in front of the quarterback. He just kind of he does everything you can ask for. He's number two rated um, interior defensive lineman this year, pro football focus wise, all pro first teamer this year. So, put him at number six. I love yeah, I love Cam. I love Cam. He's one of my favorite Steelers players. It was really hard for me not to put him on the list, but when it comes to like the players that I put on this list, like the only player I'd probably take him over is Inama Kansu or like maybe Nick Bosa or like Joey Bosa. Like one of those two players, I could probably like switch them out and like move other players down or something, you know. Um it was rough for Cam. I know you have like very good reasoning. He has good stats. He's always gonna have good stats. He's got a great like team around him. So um you know sometimes a defensive lineman's um uh, like abilities kind of go beyond the um like go beyond the stats. And I think that's one like he was definitely one player that's his abilities go beyond the um like, go beyond the, like, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I was, I was kind of stuttering there for a second, but I mean, it was, yeah, it was really hard for me to put on the list. But, um, my number five is Miles Garrett. Brown him a decent bit higher. Yeah, um, I don't like him as an off the field player, <laughs> for for obvious reasons. But you you cannot dismiss his on the field presence. He's um. He's he's eaten up Ben, <laughs> a lot kind of alive, against one of the best offensive lines in the NFL with the Steelers. Um, he's got like the defense only got better this year. The Browns defense only got better. Um, hopefully he can like get his off like off the field life kind of back on track. You know, like I we don't want him to do that all that crap again, running around with the helmets and <laughs> and stuff. You know, like you, you don't want to get. I don't want to see his like career der- career derailed. I think he'll be. I think I'll have a good year next year, and hopefully, like I said, I'll get stuff back on track. But he, yeah, he's another player. He's a real disruptor. Um, ever since he was a rookie, his first game he stepped on the field against the Steelers, he was like already making his presence felt, pressuring Big Ben, making him hurry up and throw the ball quicker. Big Ben, you know, looking to his left side, looking to his right side, trying to find out where he is. You know, it's he's just one of those players, and pretty much all the players up here are players that you're really gonna have to watch out for and and make sure that you um. As a quarterback, you know, you like you're gonna have nightmares about this guy, <laughs> and will. especially if you're Mason Rudolph. Ooh, yeah, real right. nightmares about if you're Mason Rudolph. <laughs> but my number five, number six was Cam Hayward. Number five, Cam Jordan, of the New Orleans Saints defensive end. He had a beastly stat season: fifteen and a half sacks, which I believe is good for a second in the league behind Shaquille Barrett. Um. He's just been an absolute stud since he got drafted. A stat that I saw that actually was pretty interesting. 
He since he was drafted, he has played 143 games out of a possible 144 games, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. That is model consistency from a defensive player. There, that is consistency that you do not see from any other defensive lineman in this league. That's it's at that top tier, like Cam Jordan is. Um, he's just a guy that gets after the quarterback. He's, he he gets a lot of pressures. He's just a disruptor. He's another guy that kind of gets his hands up there to to block some passes, like Cam Hayward does. So I I like him in that system. I think he'll be he'll continue to be good. He's obviously getting up there a little bit in age. Same draft class as Cam Hayward was in. So they're both getting up there a little bit in age, but they're guys that don't really rely too too much on strength so i i see them being able to retain a solid amount of productivity with the growing age yeah yeah he's good he's like two spots higher two or three i can't really see to be honest but my number four is letcher cox my guy um i i was very surprised you put him what number did you put him at seven i had him at eight eight uh, yeah that's the thing he was so good last year um i looked it up yeah he had some like a couple of issues some like strings where he was out for like two weeks and then play a little bit and was out for two more weeks kind of like like james connor but when he played he did good and um i think he's the same player i think the addition of javon hargrave will lower the um the amount of pressure that gets put on him when it comes to like from stopping i was obviously that's kind of javon hargrave's specialty he can, you know, focus less on that and get after the quarterback a little bit more. Um, I love Fletcher, Fletcher Cox. Um, he's a cool guy. I think he started, like, the, the wearing the, the dog masks and stuff for them. Or that might have been Malcolm Jenkins. I don't really know, to be I honest. I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I want to say it was Kyle Long or Chris Long, whichever one was on the Eagles. Uh, maybe, maybe. It was it was a big guy, but, you know, he, he played along with it, and he, he really, like, he was a big part of that Super Bowl run for the Eagles. And I think the Eagles, I really like the Eagles. I don't think they made the playoffs in my predictions, but it was really close. I could easily see them going to the playoffs this year. I like Carson Wentz and I like Fletcher Cox. Um, yes. His stats they did were dead. Go to the playoffs. They did go to the playoffs in my predictions. I will say that. But um, my number three, or no, yeah, yeah. No, I'm on my number four now. I'm sorry. My <laughs> number four is a guy that you had on your honorable mentions again, a guy that I've mentioned very frequently as one of my favorite players, Daniil Hunter, Minnesota <laughs> Vikings. So statistically, you look at a 14 and a half sacks and three forced fumbles is an absolutely dominant season for a defensive end. He's 25 years old. He's, he's only getting better. He, he's entering his prime. He's another guy with TJ Watt that same age, same number of sacks. They're, they're kind of similar players when it comes to that regard. Daniel Hunter was, was kind of locking it down, kind of learning from, from uh, Iverson Griffin and Linval Joseph on that line. Now that they're both gone, um, he's kind of taken on a lot of that responsibility now on a, on a defense that is, has stars all around, is what I'll say, on all three levels of the ball. So you see, you see that. I, I think Daniel Hunter has cemented himself as the best or second best on that defensive front. Maybe Eric Hendricks takes the spot, but I don't know. The new Hunter's just a guy that, that's only getting better, and you see he has 14 and a half sacks now. Who knows how he's going to be able to improve in the future. I see your logic. I see your logic. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I had no idea he was so young. Um, I thought he was older than that, but... Uh, Me too, me, honestly. I kind of thought he was getting... Oh, I thought he was like 29, 28, but... Yeah, 
Yeah, he's he's still young. I I'm impressed. Um, I also did not know his stats were that good. I knew his stats were pretty good, but I don't know they were that good. He probably he definitely should have probably cracked my top ten. I know last episode you were like, dude, Neil Hunter might crack my top ten like low just because I like him so much. But then he's like <laughs> he's like four or five. That's I mean you have you have your, you have your points though. So I I see your logic. Um, but my number three is Cam Jordan, player you mentioned previously. Um, obviously, yeah, a, a dominant season this year. Um, he's another guy, lots like he's a a disruptor. Have you heard that that word enough times? <laughs> oh, I'm ready to but, hear it some more in the next two. Uh, you certainly will, especially for two, because I'm gonna have to reason this one out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, our number, your number two is probably gonna be my number three, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not missing anybody else, I think that I think they'll be the same. No, I told you my number two was. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I'm I'm sorry, I forgot. Well, then my number three is not even on your list. Man, I, I don't know who I'm missing. To be honest, there's just so many good defensive linemen. It's so hard to sort through them all. Um, I might have missed him. He might be. Maybe, some, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, don't know. We talk a little bit before before we start recording. We don't give up our entire list, but. If there's something really interesting, sometimes we'll, we'll let a little bit slip before. So I do know his remaining two picks. I don't actually, yeah. he didn't tell me his number one pick, but I can it's deduce obvious. who it is. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, but what was, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Cam Jordan. Um, yeah, he's, he's getting up there in age, but he's still doing good. Um, and he's one of those like all around good players. Run stopping is good. Um, pass stopping is good. Plus, uh, pressure is always there, you know. Um, he got a weird hairstyle. That's something I noticed, but I, I dig the mustache that he's got going yeah. on. That's cool. I don't know. He looks cool, but it, it's kind of like he kind of looks like too much of an like he kind of looks too nice sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you a little bit. He, he looks like a nice guy. I could sit down and have a conversation with Cam Jordan. Get him on but the show. Question. One hundred percent, Cam Jordan, if you're listening. You both, you cracked both of our top fives. Come on the show. It's a celebration party. But my number three is a guy that apparently I've deduced that is not on your list of the um, Kansas City Chiefs defensive tackle. Chris Jones is my number three defensive line player. Um, you look at it statistically this season: nine sacks and one forced fumble. Stats were down. When you look at last year, he had 15 and a half sacks as a defensive tackle. is absolutely insane. Defensive tackle-wise, rivaled only by our number one player. You can deduce who it is, but we will get to that a little later. He's ranked as the number two pass rushing interior defensive lineman this year, as he has been for the past two years. He's just an absolute force in the defensive tackle, a, a very big reason for Kansas City's defensive success towards the end of the season when you kind of saw them that defense surge a little more than it had been and propelling them to a Super Bowl run. But he's just an absolute force on the defensive tackle side of the ball. The sack numbers went down a slight bit this season, but he's he's still an absolute beast. Um I mix him up with D Ford, not gonna lie. Or Frank Clark, which right. No, it's D Ford, yeah. Frank um, Clark, I think is on I the think there was really good. No, I think Frank Clark's on the indie is an indie now. Isn't he? No, that's Justin Houston. Okay, yeah, you're right. I think Frank Clark, I always get Frank Clark and D Ford mixed up. D Ford is in San Francisco. 
Frank Clark is in Kansas City now. You're right, you're right, you're right. I sound I always sound so stupid in these episodes. I always forget like good players like <laughs> like Chris Jones. Um he is good and I definitely like I remembered him. That's I didn't he's not a player that I just forgot about. I remembered him. But I didn't I didn't think his I thought his stats went way down this year. I knew he like obviously he's on the Super Bowl winning team. Um but I after he like stepped off sides the last against the yeah. Patriots. Like that was kind of a moment Those are I sad kinda, times. I didn't look up his stats. I looked up stats for pretty much every other player. Um, but I just kind of assumed they went down, like, way down. So that's my bad. I guess I'm going to sound really stupid for not having him on my list at all. I'll, I'll have him on my list of, like, 20 honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> my number two, someone that Colton mentioned a while ago. J. A long while ago. J.J. <laughs> Watt. Um, this is eight picks apart. This is how different our, our list is. <laughs> I love J.J. Watt. Um, you're right. His age has gone down. His, I mean, his age has gone up. He's gotten much older. Oh, that would be nice if his age went down. His, the injury history is there. Um, but he is the leader. He is, like, the alpha male of, like, that defense. A defense that's not very good. You know, he, he, uh, he came in and played in the defense. He played in the, um, in the, the playoffs, you know. Like when he he came right off an injury and and went in there and played and he plays he didn't they didn't win the game but um he still he still like he played his heart out and that's something you gotta respect that um no matter mm-hmm. how old he, he's still gonna be productive because he's so competitive um but I, I do must I must admit I think this might be a little too high his age is catching up to him and his injury history is kind of rough but I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have a little bit of a rebound year um mm-hmm. another. Joey Bosa type situation where you know he's going to be good as long as he's on the field and yes I hopefully he can stick around longer this year because everyone likes JJ Watt he's a great mm-hmm. guy man of the year winner um you know that's an, he's in the play like Cam Hayward his his effect on the team goes way beyond his stats on the defensive line you know mm-hmm. the it, it does. believe it believe me I would love to see JJ Watt have a have a bounce back year, maybe win comeback player of the year. That would uh, nothing would make me happier than that. But um, I don't know. The injuries are just are just catching up to me. If he can stay on the field, I thoroughly believe he he gets a lot higher up on my list. But my number two is a guy that you mentioned before of the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett. Thanks, my number two. Um, since he's entered the league, he has not had a season under ten sacks. This was his lowest season season sack wise with ten. Because he only played in 10 games. Averaging a sack a game is still an absolute marvel for a defensive lineman. Two forced fumbles. Obviously, the, the one incident was rough. And I hope that that is not a career-defining thing for Miles Garrett. As he seems to be a pretty good guy off of the field. From, from all indications that I've seen. I, obviously, I'm not 100% sure. But he, he, he hasn't seemed to have any other real missteps. Apart from that incident and things stemming from it. But you cannot deny he seems to be a generational talent. If he can stay healthy, stay on the field, which he has shown no signs of not being able to do thus far in his career, he can evolve truly into one of a generational pass rushing defensive ends. And I, I fully intend on him doing that. Yeah. As long as, yeah, like, I don't want Miles Garrett to turn into, like, some, like, Ningdama Kansu. Like, I don't want him to be like that. <laughs> like, the other team and just be, like, dirty all the time. No one wants that. Um, but you know, I 
he's still he's still kind of young. I must admit, I think two might be a little high. But like, I see your point. Like, you can't see the point of not having Chris Jones on your list, but having <laughs> JJ Watt. No, I, I feel it. That was a bit of a stretch to put Mouse Gate that high, but I believe. Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends. I don't know. If, I never know how we're making this list. If it's like how we think he's gonna do next year, or like how like if they were gonna play a game right now, how good you think they would be, or like I just kind of go off of like I can't. It's just like what they are as of now. Like, if I think how good they're going to do next year, Kyler Murray might crack my top five quarterback list. Yeah. I can go, like, as of right now, from what we've seen from them, what can I reasonably deduce their placement would be? Yeah, it's like it's like last season, but they're all healthy and, like, but haven't developed. <laughs> it's I don't really know, to be honest. But my number one, it's really obvious. It's obviously Daniel McCullers, big man. Um, yes, sir. Big Dan Dan. <laughs> it's I know it's it's Aaron Donald, Pitt alum, um, a great player, and I don't think anyone can argue with this. No matter how stupid the rest of my list is, Aaron Donald is obviously the number one defensive lineman in the NFL. Disruptor the whole way. His presence is felt every single snap. Um, he's like he's a bright spot on a very weak Rams defense last year. Um, and I don't, he'll never, he's never going to get worse. <laughs> I'm like, I'll catch up to him someday. But he's still young. He's not like, I don't even think he's 30 yet, is he? I think he's 30. I okay. think he's, yeah, I think he's 30 on the dollar, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, well, either way, he's he's close to 30. So, you know, he's he's still very good. And Aaron, it's just like another Patrick Mahomes situation. You can't really argue with Patrick Mahomes being any lower than number one. You can't really argue with Aaron lower than number one. Yes. I, I fully agree with you on that one, which is why Aaron Donald is my number one. Well, I'm a, a matching thing here. Twelve and a half sacks this year and two forced fumbles. When you look at that with the sheer amount of double teams and triple teams that he has to face on a game-to-game basis, it's absolutely astounding that he's able to put up these stats. You look at last year, he had over 20 sacks, which is just incredible for a defensive tackle especially because they're historically not players that they get a lot of sacks. So, uh, he's, a, he's a monster. As you said, Father Time is undefeated. But I don't think it's going to catch up to Aaron Donald quite yet for, for a few years coming. He's probably, in my opinion, the second best player in the league behind only Patty Mahomes. Um, he's an absolute force. You can never stop Aaron Donald. Only hope to contain him for a short period of time. He's one uh, of the yeah. very few players that I can say that about. Yeah, you, you can't stop him. You can only hope to slow him down long enough for someone else to help you or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you only hope to slow him down long enough for, for your quarterback to throw a pass. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron Donald is... There's an argument for him to be the best player in the NFL. And I don't know mm-hmm. if we make top 10 players in the NFL list at the end of the year. I mean, at the end of the series. Um, we might do that. I don't know. We haven't, I haven't talked about it. But um, if we do, there's, a, there's like... It would be rough for me to choose between Aaron Donald and Patrick Mahomes for one, but it's you know, it is what it is you know, for uh, the rest of my list is kind of crazy, but but yeah, pretty much everyone can agree that Aaron Donald is number one, and from there on it's kind of your preference and how well you think they're going to do, you know like, mm-hmm. obviously when it comes to defensive linemen, I had Joey Bosa, J.J. Watt, and like, and like all these other guys on my list, you know like that tend to have some injury issues but, like, I kind of think, like, defensive linemen, their impact's going to be there. Like, 
when they're, when they're injured, when they come back, they're going to be good already, you know. That's kind of. Like, when it comes to, like, a running back or a wide receiver, if, if like, like Dante Moncrief broke his finger and he was, like, was awful, but if <laughs> J.J. Watt breaks his hand, like, he's probably going to play through and still play good. Yeah, I agree. So, given one last little run through, I guess, for me, honorable mentions, Calais Campbell, Joey Bosa, DeForest Buckner, from 10 to 1, J.J. Watt, Grady Jarrett, Fletcher Cox, Kenny Clark, Cam Hayward, Cam Jordan, Daniel Hunter, Chris Jones, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald. And my honorable mentions were Cam Hayward, Damon Harrison, D. Ford, Frank Clark, Daniel Hunter, Demarcus Lawrence, and Chris Jones. <laughs> my number 10, uh, Nindama Kansu, then Clay Campbell, Gino Atkins, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, Fletcher Cox, Cam Jordan, J.J. Watt, and Aaron Donald. There we go. Another day, another list, another list that is very not similar. But I, I kind of like that. I, I, yeah. I like to have some volatility in the list and get a little bit of discussion going there. Mm-hmm. It makes it more interesting. I think it'd be inter- more interesting for the listeners to listen to like why I think JJ Watt is potentially the number two defensive lineman in the NFL, mm. and like your and why you don't think he is. You know, that's it was a lot easier to rank the offensive skill positions because you can largely rank them on statistics and the eye test is a lot easier when you're looking at those players. But our lists were a lot more similar then, so you don't get as much interesting discussion as you do now because obviously the eye test does not work as well with defensive players because your average person can't just watch a football game and, and be sure that you know, this player's in position at this time because you don't know the coverage they're running. And, you know, just because someone's not getting a crazy amount of tackles doesn't mean that their impact doesn't go far beyond that. So it, it stuff like this tends to show you what we value in, in players, and a lot of times it's different for for defensively, obviously. Joe, I'm, I'm more of a statistical guy, per se. Um, obviously, I, I like versatility and being able to switch in between the two and... And I look at the the stats a lot more than he does. He's he's more of a disruptor kind of guy who who gets the pressures, who's who's just making the quarterback have to think a little bit more of where this guy is on the line. So it shows you what we value defensive line. Are we going for, so next week or next episode? I'm sorry. Yeah. Are we going middle linebackers, outside linebackers, or are we combining? Oh, well, we definitely cannot combine them. We can definitely not. Okay, I agree with you. I agree with you there. Do you want to go middle linebackers or outside? Well, yeah, let's do middle linebackers. I've seen enough, like, sacks and stuff for, for you know, like, two or three days. So, we can talk about middle linebacker is a very interesting... Because you can't, like, really grade them right off the tackles because, like, Blake Martinez would be your number one. Or, like, interceptions, too, because there's a lot of guys, like, that are good but aren't fat, always fast enough to get in position, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. I think, I think that's one position we can both safely... Once again, have a, a clear cut number one, I would think. At least for me, I have a clear cut number one. Maybe you don't. I think I would think I know who it is, but I don't want to say something stupid. So, is it? I, I would. For the Seattle Seahawks. He does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, then then that's what I was. That's who I was thinking of. But I, like I was thinking Luke Keekley, but he's retired now. That like, that would be yeah. the clear cut. Before, but yeah, but he now. would be my number. Uh, Wagner would be my number one. I'm not 
exactly sure after that, to be honest. That's after that, I haven't given much thought to. I don't see like a clear cut number two, like I've been seeing for most of the other positions, except for this one in offensive line. But before I, th- I saw a clear number two for offensive line, but I did not see a clear number okay. two for this one. I'll tell you that. I mean, I guess, yeah, there was a clear number two for me too. I for um, what's his name? Uh, from Nelson. Yeah, he was he was obviously going to be one or two for me. I ended up. I had him in number one, so I I put Stanley. Ronnie Stanley was my clear cut number two for that. But defensive lineman, we had a clear cut number one. But anything after that was was very volatile. As I feel, will be the same way for the middle linebackers next episode. But yeah, I think I think for not from like the first ones, it was like the first three or four were going to be the same. And I think for defense, it's pretty much just going to be number one. That's the same for the rest of the way. And um, yeah. now it's just kind of what you value in a player. Like, like for cornerbacks, I think that's one that could be like, like very different because you know mm-hmm. you want to cover the guy. You want like their speed guys. You know, like speed cornerbacks that I don't know. That's not really a thing, I guess. But you know what I mean. Like you got your cover- speed guys, but yeah, that that'll be involved. I think our safeties list will be will be pretty similar. If I had yeah. to take a stab. I I'll think like, our honestly our edge rushers might be relatively similar as well. Yeah, they're pretty. That's pretty straightforward, to be honest. Like, for, it's because it's it's Chandler Jones and and um, Khalil Mack, and there's Clowney, and there's T.J. Watt, and you know all those guys. So, like for this, like I texted you like six times asking you like, does this player count? Does this player count? <laughs> like, because but, I don't want to. I almost put Clowney on the list, but like I don't want Clowney to. Like, he's clowny now, and then if he doesn't can't, count. Can't pick him then, so. So, yeah. we have decided, by the way, we didn't, we did not rank Antonio Brown because it wasn't a league. We are going to rank Javion Clowney next week because he's still an active he's member part. of this league. He will be on a team by week one. Um, yeah. We didn't. Yeah, See, I don't know. I, I. I probably wouldn't have put Cam on my list anyway. I know you said you would have. I'm not. Well, I think he probably would have made my honorable mentions. I probably wouldn't have put him on the list, but I guess we probably should have been able to rank Cam. I don't. I don't think at the time we really thought about it. We just kind of assumed that we weren't doing Cam, but yeah. I mean, but do you do you think I don't know if I don't like I said Cam would be on a top ten, like assuming he was going to be on a like a, de- a team with decent weapons. But like mm-hmm. I don't like I don't think he's gonna throw the ball to. Yeah, yeah. Unless, we we don't. Nobody knows how Cam's gonna do this year. It's it's very tough to tell. Yeah. So, can you hear that? Can you hear my dad like screaming? I I can't. Okay, good. I, I like if you can't hear them. But it's super weird. My my dad's just like screaming for my sister. I don't know why. My whole family's just chilling in the living room, watching something. I don't actually know what they're doing. But I am not partaking at the current moment. So, this I think this is a good episode though, and I think this is gonna be interesting, like an episode where like people are gonna have their own opinion. I don't think people are are not gonna agree with like either of our lists hundred um, percent. Mm-hmm. But I think it'll be an interesting episode to listen to. That's there will be I, strong opinions both ways. There will be yeah. guys that think TJ, JJ Watch should be a lot higher than I have him. There'd be guys that think you maybe a lot lower than you have him. Yeah, it's it's interesting to tell. So there there will be there will be opposing views for both of our lists, definitely. But 
I got my list. That's what I'm sticking with for now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, by next season, our list will change a lot. We will, you know, obviously, there will be new guys that, that break out this year. There will be guys on this list that do not have the season we intend them to. So, yeah. And like, if I was going to, you, your reasoning always ends up changing my mind when I'm like, whenever I'm listening to this, and I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, why did I have, why did I put him so much higher whenever his side number was so much lower than I thought it was or something like that? I didn't. I looked at the stats for like most of the players, like maybe six or seven, because I was just like curious. Mm. Like Nick, it's Bost- a lot. It's a lot tougher to rank the defensive players because with offensive, I'm not saying that like I just click on everybody else's list and copy off of it, but I do. You, I'll, I'll look at other lists and I'll use reasoning for the other list that I might not have thought of, and I read them all out and think, you know, maybe I look at Devonta Adams or an Aaron Rodgers and say it. Oh, what that is should look at the percentages of, of downfield throws. It's a Devontae Adams isn't gonna be getting those targets down the field like he was before. So that's something that factors in that I wouldn't have known before that I see from other people's lists. So I don't know, it, it's a lot tougher with defensive players where CBS Sports is really the only place that ranks them. And yeah. their risk their lists are always a, a bit wonky to some extent. So Do you see that they made like a top ten kicker list? And they like, like posted on Instagram. I don't I know if I like follow CBS the highly, It was like the highly anticipated list, top 10 kickers. And like Chris Boswell was like sixth, I remember. But that's about all I remember. And uh, Cuck, uh, Tucker was one. And I think Harrison but- Butker was at two, the Chiefs kicker. So I can see that. Um, yeah. I've seen Butker like on SportsCenter Instagram kicking like 70-yard bombs and stuff. But that's without pads on. Like, you know, they can't do that with pads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kickers go absolutely insane. Like, the, the one Steelers versus Jets game I was at, Chris Boswell was nailing 70-yard field goals, like, every time. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Chris Boswell. But obviously, the heat of the moment when there's people trying to block the kick, and you have to get it up a certain amount so it goes well over the line yeah. to where it's not going to slam off of one of your linemen's backs obviously it's yeah. easier when you can kick 70 yards because you can just kind of straight shot it but you got to get it up a decent bit in game so it's it's a lot harder you're not going to kick 70 yards in a game and you can yeah you can like do everything perfectly like you don't have to worry about the the person getting the ball down at the perfect like you can just put it up on like a tee at the perfect angle that you yeah of the ball the person who puts it down about any like human errors with the long snapper or the placeholder yeah i don't i don't if we're gonna do a kicker and punter list i think we should just do it both in the same okay you don't even want to do it i don't i don't <laughs> i mean if you want to i will but i punter is 100 percent. i'm not doing a punter list i don't want to do a punter list maybe That's like, a kicker list if you if you're feeling it but we would have to do like a whole episode for kickers and like this kicker had a very good average long kick or something, but yeah, like what like, can you even say about them? Like they missed this many, <laughs> like that's about all you can say. Yeah, it would just be a boring episode. Like I don't, I thought like if I thought kind of assumed you wanted to, but if you don't want to, then I'm all in on not doing no, a punter. Kick. I don't want to do a kicker list. <laughs> we could do like special teams, like like just a special teams list overall, like what teams. But that's that's a long way away. We just have like seven positions to do these are kind of um are you gonna be out of camp on the fourth of july or do you go to a different camp 
I can't remember. Um, I will not be at camp. Okay. I know your buddy uh, asked my sister if we were going to be out there. We were going to be out there, but I could have yeah, waited. But I was just wondering. I've got family coming in town Wednesday, I believe, is when some of them come in. And then they, I don't even know how long they're going to be staying here. So it'll be, it'll be pretty hectic around my household for a few days. I won't be able to get up there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I might. The fourth day is, I don't really know what the day the fourth is. It, if you have family or like if I'm up at camp, it'd be kind of a pain to, to record an episode. So we might, we might not be able to, to be honest. But, but that's, that's the thing. We're, we're, yeah, we're just kids. I've said this, like, we're just, we're just teenagers. Like, we still have schedules and we still have to, like, do what our parents tell us to do. <laughs> yeah, it's, we're not, it's a lot easier when you're like a full grown adult and you do what you want you've got work and then, and then you come home and it's your time if you don't want to go out you don't go out you know so obviously we have we have schedules and and things that we need to be doing so it's and when you only got like 10 listeners or less it's <laughs> a lot easier to take some, <laughs> some breaks off it's not as noticed so yeah and i mean i think some of our episodes are like listeners fluctuate a lot there was one I don't know how, like, how often you look at, like, how many listens. I just do, like, I put, it goes up at 4 o'clock. So I'll just check it, like, 4 o'clock at night. It goes up at 4 o'clock in the morning. That's just when I schedule it to, to, to post. Um, so, I, yeah, I'll just check it, like, 4 o'clock at night. This is, like, 12 hours for people to listen to. That's pretty solid. But in the summer, like, how many people are really waking up at, that early? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So give some time to listen to it. Like, I'm not waking up past I'm, i I woke up at 6 45 today because of um because i went to cross-country practice but Ooh, um at 6 45 yeah it's because it gets the, summer? the coach is like it gets too hot you know which i guess that makes sense and i'm sure the coach has a job I, whether that's <laughs> whether that's back or not i don't know but maybe he's a teacher i'm not sure he's he's just like i think he's just old i mean i don't know how old he is oh. <laughs> I think he's a mature man so he probably does not have a job he's probably retired at this point he's a cool guy though um i don't know it's rough though i don't i would i'd rather run at like eight o'clock be able to sleep in like two more hours and just run when it's a little bit hotter out because it doesn't take me two hours to run four miles <laughs> hmm, i feel you i only like wake up that early without an I, I can like obviously set an alarm that early like obviously anybody can set an alarm but if i'm like excited for something the next day or like nervous about something or something like that i get up early doug you have no idea how early i wake up so i can get the full like thanksgiving day tv array like i watch all the morning shows i know i, <laughs> I would do it's like Christmas break, or it's not Christmas break. It's like Thanksgiving break. It's not really that long. It looks mm-hmm. like four days, maybe. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, like most people are sleeping in late on Thanksgiving. No way. I'm getting like, there's no way I'm gonna miss a part of the parade because I sleep. I don't in even that. watch the Thanksgiving parade anymore. You parade? No. You, you've got. You've got to be kidding. <laughs> I I watched it like twice in my life, and I was like. Okay, there's not much to see here. It's it has its uh it has its low points. You you probably watch it on CBS, like CBS. I don't, I don't watch it at all. 
Yeah, when you did. Now you gotta watch them like NBC. That's that's what I've learned. Because CBS have like you don't have to see the balloons and the cool stuff. Like, better <laughs> color commentary. On NBC, or it's whatever NBC. But yeah, no, I don't watch it. But I I do wake up pretty early. Like when I got my license that day, mm-hmm. I woke up at, like five thirty. Uh, when I got when I left for Phoenix last summer for for a big church trip it was like once every four years obviously you know what it is but i was up at like 5 a.m even though the trip we didn't leave the airport until like 5 p.m i just like woke up super early <laughs> whenever yeah, there's like I a big thing that. coming up i always get up early i just can't i am um, yeah I, we have to wake up because i told you i told you got you off air i guess i'll just tell everyone now I'm going to be going um, to Niagara Falls for, like, a family trip um, on July, like, late July. So, um, there, won't, there probably won't be a show, to be honest, because Kid Punk's coming along. So, before it was just, like, my sister and, like, a couple of uh, of my, my mom's friends, well, my mom's friend's daughter, and, like, so if it's, if it's like, late at night, and I just, like, just... <laughs> no, if it's like sitting in there and watching like the TV or or something or like recording a show, I'd probably just record the show because it seems like I don't just want to sit there the whole night. But if Kid Punk's there, you always know he's a good time. So sometimes always little... be something to get into. <laughs> sometimes Kid Punk's a little bit too much of a good time. <laughs> but um, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what comes to that. I, I probably won't bring the laptop up to that. I would need to edit it because. It needs to be plugged in all the time because it's really old. So, um, take your time. Yeah, and I like I have a church. I have a church camp, um, like a four-day church camp. So we can record a show like the day before. I go, and then I'll just post it later, and we'll just, it'll be like a two-show week, which like I don't really have a choice. I can't. I mean, I I will enjoy the camp certainly. You know, like you know, I have to like you know four times in a row, but. It's the summer. I'll have things coming up, and I'm like, you'll you'll have family trips and, and going on camp, going into camp and stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll work our way around it. So we'll we'll try and get at least one episode out a week, I would think, or or two. It, you know, we're chilling. That's the whole point of the show. That's what it says in the description of um the podcast. I'm pretty sure it's like we're just two normal guys having a good time and chilling out. You know, we don't want to like ruin our summer because we have to record a show for. For like six people to listen to. <laughs> so, we, uh, we, you know, the people who listen to the show, we, we appreciate you. And it's, it's very cool that you choose to listen to our show above, uh, like all the many sports podcasts out there that are, that are very cool <laughs> and like have viewers and stuff, um, to yeah. listen to our things. But, um, you know, like we're, yeah, we're just we're just kids. We're just having fun doing this. So just just chilling out here. Sorry, very different top ten list right now. Yeah, one of these one of these lists are going to be really similar. I can feel it. Like I feel like outside linebackers could be one that's very similar. Outside linebacker, safe. One of those two, safety maybe, are going to be the ones that are that are similar. They're, the Steelers could have like two top ten. Outside linebackers. I saw a list for TJ Watt and Bud Dupree was both on the list. And mm-hmm. that's bold. 
I don't. I don't think I'm have. Bud Dupree might be an honorable mention at best for me. We I like statistically have two top ten corners, but I'm probably not going to put them both in there. Yeah, I like. The album. It'll be interesting to see which one you cut. I'm. I don't know which one I'd cut. I'd probably cut. I'd probably put Nelson as an honorable mention. I like Steve Nelson, but it, he's he needs like another year of consistent play. I saw that's this a post. I can send it to you at some point. It was just like looking at Steven Nelson's stats versus Stephon Gilmore's stats this year, and Nelson's stats were like considerably better. Yeah. It's like he allowed less Except yards that. and less touchdowns on more targets and like just some interesting things like that. So obviously that doesn't encompass everything, but yeah. there's a reason Stephon Gilmore is defensive player of the year, but it's because they it got interesting. Some... That's why. You know. Yeah, yeah, highlight plays. I I I don't know I don't know if you'll probably put well I'll, I'll probably put Stephen Gilmore at number one. But do you think you will? I mean, yeah, and he's just too good. Like I love I would love to hate on him and find a reason not to have him at number one. Um, but like, there's not really I don't know, there's not an argument like to really there's no other cornerback that statistically mm-hmm. interception wise that's even really. That I close. have my number two set, and I think I probably have my number three set. But the number three is a little shaky. But my top I've, two are, are locked in. I haven't thought through that one enough. Cornerbacks, it's another, like, there's three cornerbacks that are on the field. Like, there's at least two cornerbacks on the field at all times. Like, there's so many players to sort through and, and like, find out which ones, like, really had a statistically good season. Like, I did not do enough homework, like, for the past couple lists. Because cause you, like, because I thought Fletcher Cox had, like, uh, I thought he was, like, stats went down, but I didn't think they went down that bad. He only had four sacks the whole year. Like, <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> it was 150-plus in the whole league. As it always, ASPN always says, like, the league rankings, and it's like 3.5 sacks, 150-plus. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, he's still a beast, though. Bounce-back season coming for Mr. Fletcher Cox. So we'll see that, but... um. We're gonna make the uh, sorry, my bad. If we're gonna make this list next year, though, I could probably see one, two, three, uh, four, maybe five players out of my top ten falling out, and some of the honorable mentions, and like maybe Chase Young coming in or something, you know? Yeah, I probably as of next year, Nick Bosa will probably make my list. Yeah, yeah, unless he gets worse, but like when you're that young, like I don't, you don't can't really get that much worse. He didn't do bad. Yeah, he's you know. young and he was young and super good and had no injuries. So I, I see no reason for him to get any worse in my mind. I agree. This is this has been quite the episode, though. Um, I must admit. So another interesting one. But, but it was it was a good one. Lists were different. I like it when the lists are different. I gotta say, I like the little versatility there but um middle linebackers next week mm-hmm. once again we, we we know our number ones at least i know my number one i don't know if you have bobby wagner set but he, he's basically set on my list yeah unless i like see some crazy stat that makes him look bad in my eyes he's pretty much set at number one so yeah he'll be my other than that i have no clue so well i'll, I'll get to that Devin Bush is locked in it too. <laughs> Devin Bush. Oh, I forgot about him. He could be number one. You listen to Gilbert at number one. 
Uh, and Rob Spillane at number two. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you put Bobby Wagner in there, but like really far down from the top two. It's Yeah, it's like another situation. Like Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, LJ Fort, Ulysses Gilbert III are so, like so much better than Bobby Wagner. Like there's such a big yeah. gap there. Yeah, so, so, to, so to recap, my, my top quarterback was Davlin Hodges. <laughs> running back, who was our running? Did we did we decide on? Did we decide on this? Anthony McFarland. <laughs> Anthony McFarland for the running back. Receiver. I went Ryan Switzer. Oh, I think you I could, said the. You can make your case for Amara Darbo maybe here. <laughs> Tight end, obviously Zach Gentry. Obviously the goat Zach Gentry. Offensive Off- lineman is one hundred percent Zach Banner. Maybe Chuck Wumo, core four. It's close. Defense, it's, it's defensive line, we got Dan McCollage, and, we, and we've released that our number one middle linebacker is Ulysses Gilbert. Yeah. So other than if that, you, we, we only have Tuzar Skipper and <laughs> Tuzar Skipper, Jordan Dangerfield, and Trajan Bandy left. <laughs> so we, Kevin, wait, what? I didn't have Kevon Walker on my top ten defensive lineman list mm, he led the AAF in sacks buddy yeah you didn't even include him on your top 10 ones what a loser alright Isaiah Isaiah Bugs too Tyson Alou Carlos Davis it's all funny games so we put Rob Spillane at number one next week and Someone like I, I don't even know who like the most weird person on our roster would be. I, Amara Darbo has to like maybe take the cake for like the most random player. Close, close. Uh, as the most random player on the roster, I feel like it has to be like I feel like Jordan Dangerfield has to be up there. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's got to be because like yeah, he's got to be there because he's been around for like a while, but like. Yeah. Nobody ever. It's no, like no, Daniel McCullers are two guys that have been a lot that have been around for a while. But like Daniel McCullers is like a running joke among Steelers fans. The like legitimate Steelers fans. So we nobody. Jordan Dangerfield's a guy that everybody just accepts that he's a part of this team because he knows the playbook and that's the only reason. But no one has yeah. a problem with him. He just kind of shows up and no one really notices when he gets playing time because he just doesn't do anything. Yeah. But this is a serious question. Um, do you, like, if Ryan Shazier was still healthy, do you think he'd, he'd crack top five middle linebackers? Like, do I think he would be a top five if he never got injured? Or, like, if he played at his same production, would he be top five? But yeah, if he, like, never got injured, do you think he'd be top five? Yeah, I do. I think he would have been. He was top ten before he got injured. He was still relatively young and... Obviously, if he was playing on this defense, uh, yeah, yeah, oh be my stuck. goodness, oh my goodness, he could be my number two, maybe potentially. What if we, what if we backtrack? Yeah, what if he had the same production and like never, like didn't get any better? If he just had the same production, he'd probably crack my like lower top ten, like seven, eight spot. I could see that. He was really coming into his own. That's one of the saddest stories. Like. He- at one point, was probably my second favorite Steelers player, obviously behind Antonio Brown. He was probably my number two favorite at one point. There was 
there was times when I just like I just vibe like with the Steelers all the time. Like when I first got my phone, I just followed like every single NFL player and then like legitimately like consciously look through all of their Instagram stories. Like to see what was going on. <laughs> I I used to do that. And I hate I don't know if you like know about Cam Newton's Instagram, but it's so bad because he does this weird thing. Bang. Yeah, he does this thing where he, every like letter that he posts, he'll like hold it in so you can get all the different ones of like different languages or like there's little lines through the letters and stuff and like little symbols that look like the letters. And I don't know how he does it. If he like puts it in an app or something, but like everything he types on his Instagram story or Instagram captions or like his name on there, it's just like a normal caption, but like all the words stuff like lines through them from different languages. And I used yeah. to like look through all of his Instagram stories and like struggle to read what it was saying while it was just like him running on a treadmill and like <laughs> it was a little weird. Yeah, I was watching when I was like, I was like, whoa, that's cool. Um... And I was like, Trey Griffey's running on a treadmill, and like, that's that's super cool. Like, <laughs> Trey Griffey, <laughs> it's like, dude, it was always so sweet when I would find like two players that I liked that were like working out together, like Odell Beckham Jr. and Joe Hayden worked out together, and I was I, like, dude, Joe Hayden's <laughs> gonna be a beast this season. He's working out with Odell. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, but I, I got the insider info. And you, didn't you get Antonio Brown to look at your Instagram story one time? You did, Steelers yeah. I, was that the Steelers reporter or was that your personal? No, it was, I think it was the Steelers reporter. Yeah, because I was like, because I, um, I had this joke with another Steelers account um, and like we'll just take a picture of what we were eating and tag like at Ed, Ed, Ed Chapo. Chapo. <laughs> and I took a picture of a Pop-Tart and tagged at Ed Chapo at AV and he looked at it. <laughs> That's that's funny. Ed Chapo. Every meal in ten year brown ate with Ed Chapo at Ed Chapo and then sort of flooded my Instagram for like years. Yeah. Like all like the fish and like chicken that and berries. Good though. Like I would eat whatever Ed Chapo's serving up. Yeah. If if I could hire Chapo, I certainly would. I followed his barber for a long time. <laughs> it was like Antonio Brown and James Conner's barber. It was the guy that gave James Conner that really funky cut at the beginning of last year. That was like a weird like kind of mullet, but like kind of not. It was weird. There's this kid at my church that like comes on um comes on the bus like I you know what I mean like. There's like a bus that goes around and picks up kids yeah. from um from the church, um, and there's this kid like from he's got to be in like maybe fifth grade. He's got the meanest mullet I've ever <laughs> like super long in the back, super long on the top, and like skin on the sides. Yeah, we've got a few mullet kids around Waynesburg, but when you live in rural Pennsylvania, that's what you're gonna. That's see. what you expect. Jeff with the trucks with the sweet mullets. What if big? What if Ben shows up, and he's just got like a sweet mullet, and <laughs> and like a big like he wears his beard out again, and he just gets a sweet mullet. <laughs> I have respect for that. Yeah. I'd like to see that. I could see like Gardner Minshew kind of has a mullet, I guess, kind of. But if he pulled up with a mullet, like a full mullet, I would not be surprised in the slightest. He, Devlin Hodges, like has got to be the. One of the most interesting players in the Steelers roster, like 
Does he think there's interesting. like he's he's a cool guy. Like he's definitely one of the coolest cooler personalities in the NFL with like the duck duck hodges and like him hunting all the time and yeah, and he like wears short jean shorts and stuff. Like you see him playing golf in short jean shorts and stuff. Like like that's cool player. But like you need to like if he's so cool, like just retire from football and be like Pat McAfee and just like make a podcast where you just like have fun all the time instead of playing football. Like, you, like the future is very uncertain. <laughs> We've got some characters on this roster with him and, and Juju and Zach Banner and guys like that. We we got our fair share of interesting folks. Yeah, or like even Joe Hayden. Like Joe Hayden's an interesting character. You see him like talking on the field and stuff. Like you got to know that he'd be a very cool guy to mm-hmm. to be a team. Yeah. Yeah, I just always see, like, Jane's interesting. Like, he's a cool guy, but, like, you see Zach Banner wear, interviewing people in the streets of Pittsburgh in, like, a onesie, and... Like, yeah. Obviously, like- we, we know about Juju's antics. We all love him, but... And he's, yeah, he's... Is all his weird stuff, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel bad. If there's one player in the NFL in Steelers roster that I feel bad for, it's definitely Mason Rudolph. Like last year, he was playing like he was playing solid football. Then he got like hurt and like got a concussion. And when he came back, um, Devlin Hodges like kind of took over, and he like played and he played bad. And like a week after he got benched, you saw like Devlin Hodges and his best friend James Washington like hunting out in the forest together mm-hmm. and stuff. <laughs> My man, <laughs> like, yeah. and then he finally comes back in the Jets game and like ends off the half with, like, a really nice touchdown drive and then immediately, like, destroys his collarbone and is out again. Yeah. Hopefully, like, I, I like Mason Rudolph. He's, I've said this so many times, like, he is the future to me. And um, I know he's not the future to you. you you'd rather take, uh, I don't know, some... A lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people. I, so many people hated, hated him. And, like... I don't hate Mason. I like him. He's a good backup quarterback, and I think he could be the future as a backup quarterback. But I don't see him being a, a consistent starting quarterback for like a Super Bowl caliber team. He's not. He's not going to stay on the Steelers team if if he's going to be like a backup. Like I, he's not going to be Landry Jones. Uh, I don't see him being a starter anywhere. I'm not going to lie because I feel like most teams don't just take on a guy if they don't like see them realistically developing into someone that can take them far in the playoffs. No, yeah, and you, know, you know who he kind of reminds me of? He reminds me of Trevor Simeon. So Trevor Simeon, obviously, he played quarterback for the um, for the Broncos, Broncos right after, like, the Weiler and Manning left. He started, he was, like, a third-round draft pick, and he played, and the Broncos, like, drafted, like, a first-round quarterback. They drafted Paxton Lynch, and he, like, beat out Paxton Lynch. And then he like they drafted another quarterback in, like maybe the second round because they because they wanted someone who was better than him. But he like kept beating them out. And I can see Mason Rudolph doing that until like the Steelers really hit on someone like like maybe Drew Locke. Like you know how they did. Like I think that's gonna be the situation. A lower drafted quarterback continues to beat da- beat out like the the high rated quarterbacks until like the Steelers just decide to pay someone in free agency or, or draft I hope someone. That's up. not what happens because I don't want to like keep drafting first. Like I don't want to draft a first round quarterback and then he sucks like Paxton Lynch. But... <laughs> I, I don't know. Like that's just that's just like the baseline of a situation. I don't think 
It's not funny games till we trade Bud Dupree for like a first round pick and then it is the number one pick and we draft Trevor Lawrence. Speak it into existence. That'd be slick. Well, yeah, what if we traded them to like a team like mm, like maybe the maybe the Bears. Like I'm not sure I don't think the Bears are gonna have the number one pick. But like you could see how they could end up with like the first overall pick if they really I could see like teams like that, but like no team A would want Bud Dupree for a first round pick. And B, let alone a team that's like not even like a guaranteed playoff team. Yeah, I mean, what if like the hmm, what team has like significant edge rush needs or like significant pass rush needs, um, but like are willing to give um, because they like either have bad management or just bad in general. Like maybe the the Jaguars, like the Jaguars have such bad management, maybe they'd like splurge on because they really think Budget Pre is. That would be worthy of very it. nice, but there's no way when they're like one of the two teams that's gonna get the first overall pick. Them and the skins, yeah. And yeah. Then, so I, I decided what my my new Steeler article is gonna be, and it's gonna be this like this is something I like to do. Like I had like the future of our Steelers and like how I would do, what I would do to get the Steelers to be like the Super Bowl team. And last year it was consisted of like signing Des Bryant or, or another like veteran wide receiver. Like shoring up the offensive line since since uh, we we missed Foster, um, which they did. They drafted. They got Winikowski, um, which is cool. So, so I, I guess they read my article. <laughs> no, but and then that, and then it can, I think it was. I can't remember. There was something that did on the defensive line of the ball, but I I haven't read that article in forever. But my new one, yeah, it's gonna be like completely re- revamping the the Jaguars. That's, uh, I mean, I'm not a GM and I'm not, <laughs> but, but like, this is something I like, I put in some research, like their cap situation, um, like the draft stocks and how many picks they have and, and what players they could get for like cap, cap stuff. Yannick and Gaku in a second round pick for Jamal Adams. I can see it. I can see it. I haven't, I haven't written up any trades, but there's that they're going to need some trades. They're going to need. Some nice draft picks, um, but I have no intentions of be if, if I'm going to be a fake um, GM for an NFL team. I'm not. I'm not tanking. <laughs> so no sir, no sir. But... No, it consists of of like. Well, it was going to be to sign Cam. That was the thing, but now Cam's Cam's not a free agent anymore. So. So sign Kaepernick. No, I'm not signing Kaepernick. I don't um, know. I saw a thing that. They might make a Netflix like documentary about Kaepernick. I don't know. There's like players in the NFL. Maybe um, who was that player that signed as a backup for the Browns? Um, he used to play. He played for the Broncos and he played for the Vikings. Case Keenum. Maybe yeah, maybe he'll be like a target. But he just got signed there, so that's kind of unrealistic. I don't really see anyone doing that because he just got signed. So I don't think the Browns would trade him. He'd have to give up like a fourth round pick or something. Like, I'm not doing. Her. I don't know. Sign Luke Falk. Luke Falk. Quarterback um, Christian Christian Hackenberg, Nathan Peterman. I'm all battle it out. That's the thing. Yeah, there's not like there were so many good um, free agent wide quarterbacks, and like that's kind of one of the biggest needs. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think neither of us think that uh, Minshew is really gonna be like 
that's like a quarterback caliber starting team. Like you don't think Mason Rudolph is? I don't think that that Minshew uh, you is. Don't, you don't think Gardner Minshew is going to be that? But you think Mason Rudolph will be? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Minshew's style play is just. I think not, Minshew I'll... will be a career guy with the skill level of like maybe Case Keenum right now. Maybe, maybe. But he came in. He threw like he threw more yards than like Kyler Murray and. He certainly has an interesting play style, but I don't think it's sustaining. You know, that's what... Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a starting caliber quarterback, but I think he can be a, a good caliber backup. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how long it'll take me to write it up. I want to write it up like really good. So I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I wouldn't. There's no way I would like put this much effort that I'm going to put into this article into like a like a school article, like a like a school essay, <laughs> but then uh, an, an essay that three people are going to read. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I, I, this is already an hour and a half. Dang, we we were just vibing out here at the end. We commonly do this. If you listen to this whole way, um, no one listened to the whole show, I guess. Or, or I don't even remember come. what we told them to say last time. <laughs> no one did. If, if you listen to this whole thing, comment laundry. Laundry. All right. Laundry. These shorts are so short. And then, like, my legs are, like, sticking to my chair. But on that note, <laughs> this Ragus is a wrap to Colton and Joshua, episode 16, um, top 10 defensive linemen. And then we discussed uh, at the end. Um, Everything. Yeah, just life itself, you know. And the uh, meaning of life. My new uh, article that will be coming out in the next one to two weeks about Jaguar. Jacksonville Jaguars, and if I was signed as the coach slash GM, what I would be doing. <laughs> well, it was a good one. Was I'll good talk one. to you soon. I'll and talk to you. We are peacing. Peace and out. <laughs>